0: Love
1: going on guys welcome to the modeling empowered narratives podcast where we work towards mastering empathetic navigation i'm your co-host jordan flowers and we are back in the studio man getting ready to prepare for season three actually this is the first episode of season three but i ain't with the normal gang you know what i'm saying i know bj taking care of some business over there with the carolina panthers in the nfl trey probably on some type of golf course doing his little thing i don't think he actually works he's probably gonna hear me say this He's not gonna like it but it is what it is and Hale is probably doing some type of engineering project. That dude be doing all types of stuff. Probably building a bridge that we hope do not collapse. But we got a couple good, good people in for today. We actually interviewing one of my guys that I've been knowing for a pretty long time. But filling in his, you know, the place of Hale or Trey or uh, BJ. We got another, another guy that's coming in straight from Raymore, Peculiar, Missouri. My brother in Christ. UCM football, and Quincy alumni, Andrew Houston. How we doing today, big dog? Yes, sir.
2: Yes, sir. Well, How we I'm feeling glad. today, man? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. i feeling good. Father's Day. Father's Day. Hang out with the pops. Hope you did, Hang out with
1: the pops. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. I got to hang out with uh, Leotis, man, because, you know, they call me Lil' Leotis Jr. I ain't nothing like him, bro. It's kind of sad, but that's a conversation for another day. But you got a good Father's Day, bro. What y'all do? Your, uh, your yes, father's sir. a he a funny dude. Uh,
2: a little bit of a character. Some could say... uh quote-unquote scam artist sometimes but uh but uh nah but uh nah we were cool We cooked today uh usually throw down the grill smoke some stuff so it was cool and then uh i also want to say jordan uh thanks for having me on yes sir and let's have have a good time
1: yes sir yes sir and it was it's really really important that i had to bring somebody in if it wasn't going to be none of the guys that was going to be in to interview this special special guest from the 402 uh, you know, I gotta give a little Omaha propaganda, but it was only one other person I was allowed to do this, so I had to bring you in for this one. But who we got in the building today is my boy Shay Wyatt, right from the four zero two, and he got a he got a pretty good li- you know list of accolades. We got first team All Conference in twenty nineteen while I was at UCM, right? Second team AP All American that same year too. Came six yards short of breaking UCM single season record. I know he's gonna hate me for saying that, bringing up that pain. Leading receiver this year for Tulane in terms of receiving yards, shine under a little bit under 700 yards and seven touchdowns. And most importantly, 2022 Cotton Bowl champion. My boy Shay Wyatt is in the building. Yes, sir. (laughs) Yes, sir. Appreciate y'all
0: having me, man. How y'all boys been, man?
1: Bro, busy, on the go, doing Mm. too much. And yeah, bro, how you doing, man?
0: How we doing today? And i'm good just uh celebrating my first father's day um it was a little weird yeah. at first you know what i'm saying like getting the getting the text and whatnot but it's been cool bro it's been cool we just waiting on uh you know our little little son to get out here and life's been great bro like life's, yes, life's been great
1: man we we he's the first domino in terms of us bro with the daddy day camp bro yeah
0: yeah <laughs> brother yeah. yes
2: sir yes to, sir, be on, to be honest though if you would've, i don't know if i'd have guessed jay I don't who know would I you think have Shea. guessed?
0: Who would you have guessed? That's a good question.
2: Well, it depends on who you want to. I guess should, I didn't. Maybe uh, actually, I don't. I don't really know to
1: be honest. <laughs> I don't <laughs> even know to be honest. I want to put it out there, bro. <laughs> I,
2: I don't even know. I don't. I don't know who I would have
1: had either, bro. But it definitely. I would have put Shay up there. You know I, think, I
0: think. I think it would have been me or Dylan. Dylan, Dylan, yeah, bro. Dylan's nah, next. Dylan's Saban. next. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because you know, he he been, th- he been thinking about Fisher for a long, long time, bro. Nah.
1: Tell me how that's a gangster name, bro. That's like, Fisher though. price, bro.
2: Nah, for real, well, I, I stand behind it. You know, everything, everything goes through the uh, the female, though. They make the uh, they make the big bosses, uh, yeah. So.
1: yeah Brooke, Brooklyn gonna tell him what the name is for sure. Yep. <laughs> hey, did you have any input, Shay, on uh, y'all name?
0: Yeah, it's actually funny, bro. We uh, once we figured out that it was a boy after we had our gender reveal. Mm-hmm. We had already had, like, a list of names that we were going to decide from. And I kid you not, we had the gender reveal, you know, right outside the apartment. We came up right. to the to our room or whatever. And, like, at the same time, almost, we came up with the name. Like, it was just like, yeah, this is yeah. it. I'm glad you feel this way. I'm glad you feel this way. And it was it was done after that. So no so, arguments or nothing? Wow. No so, arguments again. or nothing, bro. Yeah. But it was, it was crazy because we came up with a note sheet with – uh whole bunch of names, you know, like mm-hmm. Leotis is on there. What? Kale. No Kale. way.
2: Yes, sir. <laughs> no, they the no. <laughs> Yes, sir.
0: Yes, sir. Nah, <laughs> I'm pulling <I'm laughs> your legs, man. If
2: you would have made him Kale, bro, I would have made fun of you. Yeah, nah.
0: Yeah, that, that it, was, it was relatively
1: easy, though. That's good sure. that y'all was able to come together and make something organic happen. But I want to shift into it because we are going to get into... You know, mm-hmm. the family dynamic. So when we talk about or when I at least think of, say, why I, I I think you are the epitome of faith, family football. Right. You know, and, and it's a little bit of cliche, but I feel as though those three entities encapsulate who you are as a person. And mm-hmm. so but I do want to get into one of the things that I think is, you know, most important, which is the faith element. Right. So as I, you know, we were roommates for a couple of years down at UCM. And one of the things I noticed about you is you doing your daily devotions. You were in your Bible every single day in the morning. So can you just explain to us just kind of like the makeup of your faith, where that kind of originated from? And how did you how did you come into that?
0: Yeah. So I got to be honest, it started when um, my roots in Tennessee. So my my dad's people they're from a small town called uh, Tiptonville. And so when I was growing up, it was very different. My parents were split up. Um, so during the summertime, I would go with my dad. And when I'd go with him, uh, you know, we'd go to Illinois because that's where he'd live at first. And then we'd go visit my family that's down in Tennessee. Well, while that was happening, I'd always go to church on Sundays. Um, and so when I was with my dad, he'd always put me in Sunday school. Um, you know, I, that's that's really where I built my faith. And, um, you know, when I went with my mom, she wasn't so much... Uh, religious, she had their, her own views, and I never, you know, pinned her against it or anything, but it, if I could go back and redo it, I wouldn't, because, let me explain why, because during the summer, um, I was getting taught these lessons, um, you know, I could hear the sermons, I could hear the preachings, the the lessons that are in it, and so when I went back with my mom, um, it was more so, I had to do it on my own self, it was more so uh, being accountable, uh, how, how I'd want to, you know, establish my faith. So as I grew older, um, it wasn't, it wasn't like, it wasn't like I was forced to go to church, but at the same time, uh, I knew that it was something that would, you know, take me to that next level because you can't do anything all by yourself. Right. And, uh, you, you know, as, as, as we go more in depth with my story in this podcast, you'll understand why it's so important because there's going to be times where your back is against the wall where it feels like nobody's with you when, um, you know, you really have to rely on yourself, your faith and, um, you know, obviously your family members and whatnot.
1: Absolutely. And like one of the things that um obviously knowing you as a brother and just being able to kind of exchange the origins of where we come from, our stories, our makeup, what we went through mm-hmm. early adversities and stuff like that. um, You see how much of a vital piece that faith is, you know, especially in our early years in college. Right. All the like turmoil we was going through just getting adjusted like, being, going down to a new state, even though it wasn't too, you know, far away from home, but like you said, I watched you, and I kind of marveled and admired that about you, to be able to, you know, be in that Bible every day, and getting your daily devotions in, bro, and I'll tell you, like, a quick little quick little story, I don't know if I've shared this with Andrew, but something that me and Shade uh, definitely had, is, like, one of the things that he did was, like, after his devotions, and after he seen I was kind of going through a hard time and dealing with my injury, you remember, Shade, like, we used to sit down and every night before I went to sleep bro you would make me say three positive things yep. about what went on yeah. that night and bro I'm gonna tell you drew bro like at first I'm like bro I'm not doing this bro like this dude's
2: corny bro I'm not no yeah especially especially when you're in a bad mood you're in a bad mood like you yeah go, you you, you know are people me go, know hard, people go, no. you you almost wear your feelings <laughs> on your you know back bro you, Fact, you him, bro you know you see him
1: bro you are absolutely right and so like the I was pushing back on this, so I remember like, bro, I I woke up today, I tied my shoes, I got to go to class. Like I used to, and <laughs> I'm like, the most, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I tried to like, okay,
2: get it done. I don't care. Yo, yeah, I'm just trying bro. to say yeah. bro,
1: So then he was like, I think the first couple times he was like, bro, I'm gonna let you slide today, but like you know what bro i'm gonna keep coming back bro and every day he came back and we got into like a routine of being able to do that so i do want to commend you for helping me just kind of reestablish my faith during a time where everything was a little bit rocky for me while i was trying mm-hmm. to figure it out myself so um i think us uh, so faith is a really really important uh, important part for all of us what as far as you you know concern when it comes to the adversities that you've went through not only in just early life because we'll get to that but just even here recently with just the ups and downs and the ebbs and flows of life, how have you been able to rely on that? What are some of the things that you've been having conversations with God at this point in your life?
0: Yeah. So I, I wanted to go back to, you know, what we used to do, you know, back in the dorms where, right. um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't to provoke you or anything. It was to get you to a level state where you're thinking about mindfulness, where you're, right. Trying to understand how you can be grateful in the times of turmoil, you know, when stuff's mm-hmm. crashing down on you and it and there really isn't light that you can see. And so when ad- adversity hits, um, I think everybody can say, you know, everybody's a survivor, a fighter and everything. But you really don't see the true character until somebody is down and out when um, you have no one that believes in you, when, you know, your relevancy is over with. And so keeping that faith is relatively easy when you understand it's a bigger picture. There's a bigger picture than just catching a ball than just not to shame your podcast and then just doing this podcast. I mean, we're we're sent on this earth to serve each other, not to indulge, not to, um, you know, just gather up everything. Um, you know, one of the biggest sins I think that we can see in our world today is just greed, simple greed, you know, wanting more and more and more. And, uh, you know, so the, the thing that I always think when adversity hits, um, I like to think about how this defines me, mm-hmm. um, good or bad. Um, I like to work out the solutions. Um, you know, you and me were psych majors. So yes, sir. <laughs> I, was, I, I always try and like to <clears throat> not necessarily find out um, the exact reason, but I always keep in the back of my mind, the you know, the five W's. This might sound cheesy or whatever, but it's always nice to think about like, Oh, what happened? Who did it? How did this happen? Where it happened? You know, those just to get the, the mind moving. And so when I go through those adversity, I like to obviously take it straight up, take it to the chin. Um, you know, we're, we're men obviously now that, so you have to stand 10 toes and, uh, you know, it's really just staying focused, man. Like you're going to fail in life. That's, um, inevitable. And, uh, you have to learn how to grow from that, not just to, sit back and just let it pummel you, you know what I mean? There's always going to be opportunities that you can uh, pursue. And uh, that's one of the driving forces. I just always knew that uh, my purpose was bigger than just to fail once and just let that, you know, just continue my life story. You know, there's always something bigger. There's always another opportunity out there. So I try and stay positive on those things, um, but you can't run away from negative. I like to think of it as the yin yang sign. Right. Man, um, You're always you're always gonna have good, you're always gonna have bad. Um, that's just kind of how life is. You have to navigate through those ups and downs.
2: Absolutely. Uh I do got something to say, Shay. You said something about greed. Um, I think you know it's a pretty pretty well-known quote. or be something that's usually always said, uh, comparison is a thief of joy. Yeah. So yeah. uh I mean, even everybody, it's not just like anybody, you know, always want to compare. Like, I know we got we're all pretty successful, but I'm saying, like, you know, in the group, there's moments to be honest, where I'm like, oh, you know, it'd be nice to be Shay, nice to be Jordan. Nice to be Hale. Nice to do this. You got to just live your own life, man. You got to run your own path. You know, that's, it's gotta be like that because you start envying too much or doing that and you start thinking something you're doing is not, you know, benefiting Mm -hmm. you or others. You're still helping people. You're still here for a reason. Like you said.
0: Yeah, 100%, bro. 100%. And I want to say one more thing, bro, too. And like if you ever in something or going through something, just remember like you're right where you're supposed to be. It might not feel Mm -hmm. right. It Mm -hmm. might not seem right, but I promise you we on God's time. And, uh, you know, all the stuff that you've been praying for, all the stuff that, you know, that you've been trying to manifest, it's coming in time. Just might not be on your time schedule, but it's it's in the future for sure.
1: That's uh, uh, one of my favorite Bible verses, bro. Galatians 6, 9. Do not grow weary in doing good for at the proper time we shall reap a harvest if we mm-hmm. do not give up. That's right. Indeed. So it's just about just continuing to fight. And I think for us, you know, just continue to stay faithful, especially for us. You know, we built a podcast where all of us are young and we're still trying to figure it out. Like, let's call it spade a spade. We all act like we kind of got to get, got it together, but we're all trying to figure it out, bro. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, faith is really, really big. I know for all three of us in terms of being able to stay sane in a world where a lot of things is kind of changing. we're trying to figure out this is going to be the way we're going to go. What our life going to look like, you know, trying to figure all these things out when life is kind of giving us a little rush. I will tell y'all, bro, like, I don't know why I wanted to rush into adulthood, bro. Like, panties, <laughs> bills is not it, bro. <laughs> hey, bro. Nah, you're right, bro.
2: I, bro. I just moved into my spot. Yeah. Hey, bro, I know you are hurting. I know in you hurtin'. I I know hurting. I boy. hurting. i been to the store once. been to the store once in two weeks. What's in that refrigerator,
0: brother? The glizzies, bro. What you do? You just got a couple of in
2: there, huh? I got a lot of seltzers. It's a lot of seltzers. And then a lot of just plates from today. You know it. what he got. You know what he and, got in and there, and though, right? And a 60 tuna. rack of eggs. Tuna. Tuna. 60 you rack of eggs, tuna. eggs, rack and, eggs and, and tuna. 60 rack of eggs and tuna. Yeah, 60 hey, racks. Why does one he more. have 60 Boy, eggs? Like, just for one person, 60 racks? Yeah, <laughs> bro. <laughs> eat three or four days, day. Easy.
1: Time out, bro. Time out. First off, eggs is super expensive right now, bro. You tripping, bro. How much was it? It was a $11. <laughs> Yo, bro. No, 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 no. It
2: was 11 or 8. One of the two. I don't remember. It was one of the two. Bro, you got 60 eggs, bro. You are a bandit. How many how many eggs do you eat a day, bro? If I Well, it depends if I can you know, get up and actually, like, if I get up on time, I'm eating at least three to four eggs in the morning.
0: Okay. So, at, at, so I'm a, could, at, I'm I'm could, at least eating too. three
2: or four. And then if I get, like, the chicken and rice, if I'm feeling a little spicy with it, I'll put some eggs in it. <laughs> bro,
0: my, my problem is, though, once they get old, because, so look, we do the, so I'll buy two packs of 18, right? Right. But that'll last us two weeks. Jasmine likes to eat. She likes to eat rice, or not rice, eggs too. But I feel yeah. like if you have sixty in the fridge, some of them gonna be old by the time. Well, you I get I think to them.
2: I think it's like a if you put it in water or something, and if it floats, then I oh, think okay. it's still good. And I think bro, if it, bro, go, what? it doesn't, if it, doesn't it goes down, de- oh, I'm wait, telling you, I, that's I think TikTok. that's a thing
0: from TikTok,
1: bro. Y'all gotta be some egg connoisseurs, bro. But I want to <laughs> shift it. <the, laughs> I want to shift the conversation back to you know, obviously Faith being a thing for us but the, the next makeup of, of us is being able to do something that's productive for us right do something that's gonna you know push our family forward right whether that's wealth whether that's you know just being able to put them in a position where we're not hurting for anything you know what I'm saying we're not always in that survival mode so one of the ways that we did that and when we went off to college played college football was, you know we wanted to put our families in the best position to get an education and to potentially play at the next level um, to raise ourselves out of some of the situations that we came out of so we know football was really really main element but before you know we got into football or whatever the case may be for you shay football mm-hmm. wasn't just the only thing so most people know you for your play on the gridiron but making spectacular catch- uh, catches seemingly every time the ball is on your way bro you literally is catching the ball except for a hitch but well, except, we'll <laughs> <Yep>, except UCO. <laughs> except for that except you see but uh, but some may not know that you are just as talented on the hardwood as well. So mm-hmm. I want to know is what sport do you love the most and how you went about deciding on what sport to put your primary focus in?
0: Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> I, w- I would say basketball first. Um, that would be the easy answer. And part of that's because basketball came very easy to me. Um, and that that's because my father played, uh, you know, after middle school. You know, my mom, she'd work till about five and there was a YMCA by my school. So I would literally walk there, it was about 10-minute walk, and I'd stay at the gym until my mom was ready to pick me up. So I'm in there getting shots. I was probably getting in 300 shots probably in middle mm-hmm. school, not even knowing that this would help me, you know, not, not understanding that it it would become muscle memory years later. You just and so played. I, um, yeah, I was doing that for you two just, years straight, two played. years just doing it. And then I think it was middle school, my eighth grade year, when I went to go stay with my dad, that's when my father was just kind of like, hey, you could really start taking this serious and, you know, possibly do some big things when you get to high school. And so eighth grade came around. Um, I was a little bit bigger than the kids, so I, I was able to, you know, body them down or whatever. But I think what stood out the most for me was the fact that I was fluid with the ball, like I could dribble it, I could shoot it, I could pass it, I could do all that stuff. So it came relatively easy. But football, football has a certain part in my heart, because it a, it, it enabled me to uh, tap in a little bit deeper, it made me focus more. Um, I think it's fair to say, Andrew, you might be the lone liar out of this. But my early years of football, I just thought it was you go and get the ball like that's it you hand the ball off you run and as far as you can and then you get tackled right. it didn't it, it took me until it probably took me till my the end of my junior year of high school start of senior year for me to actually start sitting down watching film and be like oh this is covered too so there must be a whole shot or something like mm-hmm. that you know so mm-hmm. football football was more of a uh, I had to do more studying whereas basketball I just relied more so on um, you know my athletics, my ge- my genetics, obviously, and um yeah. If I had to come to terms with what I love the most, it's football for sure. But um, basketball is right up there. It's it's they're neck and neck, man. I'm not gonna lie, they're they're right up there for sure.
1: Absolutely. So like early on, obviously, like because my my love, you know, obviously we, we got to play each other in high school and basketball. Actually, you middle uh, school too. before we middle school too. Yeah, my fault. Yeah, because yeah. I was wondering like who is this dude from. I know you had moved uh, back from Illinois, I think, mm-hmm. right? You were coming back from yep. Illinois. So I was like, who was this dude, bro? They were like, bro, they was typing me up. I'm like, bro, you know what I'm saying? You know, at that time, I'm like, bro, I ain't worried about him, bro. <laughs> I watched him play. I'm like, yeah, I'm worried about him, dog. I'm, <laughs> I'm cool. But uh, so, like, when you were younger, obviously, like, your love for de- uh, for the basketball was developed really early. And that was the same thing for me. I mean, I've been pretty much the same size since sixth grade. So I thought I was, but the doctors lied to me, talking, "Hey, boy, you are gonna be six But I stopped going. And like you said, the, I think
2: the doctors <laughs> lied to me.
0: The doctors bro, they, lied to me. I know they he lied said to I was you
2: too. To be six, two i am oh, nowhere near six two bro but listen andrew
0: andrew it, it's probably for the best you ain't six two, bro yeah bro we don't want yeah see? we don't want that bro i yeah, I, am,
2: lie, I i probably probably is for the best i'm not six yeah two. bro we, we on I'm a sure. family network too that's so yep. we're gonna
1: yep. keep that pgy <laughs> we want <really> to <laughs> keep you at your same height
2: I, I do i do got one question for shay Go ahead. so oh, um man. like grow like growing up like when did you start playing football
0: yeah um, you're, y'all gonna get a kick out of this story. So, uh, you know how I told you my roots tie back to Tennessee. So that's actually yeah. the first time I played football. Um, my uncle Ray, we we're in Tiptonville. So I went down there for a year. I want to say it was my fifth grade year. Uh, some things were going on with my mom because she, she had to get an extra job and then my dad couldn't take me either. So I went down there to stay with my grandparents. Right. And so I rolled for the year. Um, uh, my granny had mentioned, Hey, you should play football. I didn't really know anything about it. I was just just kind of playing or whatever. And then um, I, I kid you not, bro, like if you look on Tiptonville on the Google map, it's just, it's a small town. Like I guarantee you of the 2000 people that live there, at least, at least half of them I'm probably related to. So put that into perspective. So like it's a family knit town and like there's really not much. So we were practicing on the baseball fields um, like if you got tackled, I mean, it's so what you get up. But anyways, th- this is the story. My uh, my uncle Ray, so shout out to him. Uh He used to call this thing a ring of fire, and like, it's obviously illegal now. They're not doing this with kids now, but they would have you know like a kid with the he'd have the ball or whatever. All the kids yeah. would line up, like you'd be in a circle or whatever. Mm-hmm. A kid in the middle with the ball. So they would say a number, and the people that are in the circle they would go and tackle the kid in the in the middle, so I was a kid in the middle. He put me in there first, and I'm not knowing what's going on. Like, it's my first time playing football, so I'm telling about you about
1: to get blitzed. Yeah, bro, bro. <laughs> I got
0: blitzed, bro. I'm talking about I got back, back to back. No, it was back, back to, to the, back. Yeah, but it yeah, wasn't they, like I got tackled, <laughs> hand the ball off, and get it up. No, like, no, nah, my uncle, my, uncle grabbing me by the back of the shoulder pads, get up, you know what I'm saying? Like, and uh, so we did that a couple times, but I appreciate him though because he got that that uh, that fear, you know, the fear of getting tackled, the fear contact, he got that out of uh, my, my conscience. And so I remember I got back to my granny's, threw all my equipment outside, like was about to throw the jersey away. I was like, I'm not playing, like, I'm not doing this. My granny's like, no, I paid $150 for this league, like you're playing. So I ended up sticking it out. And then um, that's when I moved back to Omaha for middle school. And uh, that's really when I found my knack. I started playing Pop Warner um for the for the Bulldogs we played with you remember Josh Baker I know you remember him yep yeah Jordan yeah Josh mm -hmm. was on my team uh Luke Sutter if you remember him I don't think I probably not um but yeah so I played with some studs and then pop Warner really opened my eyes about you know how uh you know how competitive it is because we weren't just playing like YMCA league teams we're playing real deal people you know from like Missouri from Florida We was traveling, and, um, you know, at that time, I was playing QB, too, Jordan, so I wasn't wasn't that much of a thrower, but, like, we'd run a whole bunch of read options and stuff, so I'd say it was about, it was around the fifth grade, sixth grade years, that's really when I started picking up football, started to kind of take it more serious, but at that time, I was really, I think I was more focused on basketball. I was really just out thought they playing sports. I, w- I didn't have a trainer like most of these kids do these days. Um, Everybody the got one yeah. yeah, my mom wasn't forcing me to go to practice or anything. I just did it as a leisure activity, to be honest. And
2: also, a good thing is um, that you should do, and we all did, and I'm glad we all did, is play multiple sports. Mm-hmm. Play as many sports as you can because they will For help sure. you in the long run whenever you're yeah. actually trying to decide on something. Mm-hmm. So all of us here yeah. played a pretty decently high level of other sports before mm-hmm. playing I couldn't no, do baseball though, bro. And no, once I yeah, got I hit by that say, pitch,
1: yeah, I got hit by a See, pitch. I was out, bro. Well, I not I Andrew, wanted to help I,
0: myself. I played <laughs> I, so that year that I was down there. I played baseball. Yeah. And uh, y'all probably don't know this, but I had anger issues as a kid, bro. Like, oh wow, stuff really? Yeah. When stuff wouldn't go my way, I throw temper tantrums, bro. <laughs> and so I was, uh, I was playing baseball uh, down there during the summer, and like I was a pitcher. I was throwing. Good heat, had a little movement on my ball or whatever. And I remember every time a kid would get a hit off of me, I would get upset and I would hit the next batter. Like I wouldn't even give up. A- oh, no,
1: you're good. you good. That.
0: We can cut, we we cut, cut, cut that out, brother. Anyways, we can cut I, that out. We every cut every, every out. time a kid got a hit on me, <laughs> I would come back and I'm just slinging it, bro. Just slinging at it, hitting them on purpose, too, bro. And the coaches are like, man, you got to stop that. So I remember one game, I did it. And I kid you not, like in the middle of the inning, bro. My granny came, picked me up. I got the worst whooping of my life, bro, in front of everybody, bro, with the twitch and all, bro. I about to ask, was it with the twitch? Handed, bro. Handed the oh, the uniform in that same day, bro. Never looked at that glove again. I ain't touched oh, it ever since. Probably for
2: the best. Probably for the best because that's the that's oh, if you sure. think it's hard to play football and fail and accept it, baseball. I can only yeah, imagine, I mean, bro. Hall of Famers hit about three hundred. That's three out of ten. Yeah, uh, them boys yeah.
0: Are playing, You know, playing
2: uh, yeah, I'd
1: time, be, uh, I would I be, do it. I would be hot, but I do want to switch back and just transition back to because mm-hmm. we, since we on the topic of multi sports, again going back, you were able to play both football and basketball um, while we were down at UCM, um, and you know we actually had intermural team. We was dominating. Shout out to TT for mm-hmm. that game winner as well. Yes, and shout out yeah, him T-T. as well. But, Balling um, bro. but people also might not know too. Um, Going back to the story about you, even before we could even get you to Tulane or get you even into an NFL training camp or any of that, Shaywide, the football player, was kind of not on the table at the beginning, bro. So I want to tell this quick story, bro. So I actually I was yeah. going down to, to UCM on a visit, um, it was my official visit, and Coach Mac, um, who's down at Tulane now, but was at Central Missouri, he's actually from Omaha. So his dad was my dad's high school head coach so that was his pitch pretty much to me when I was going down there it was like it was just a family kind of thing so I remember going down there or whatever and he was uh I think I was on the same visit as Dylan our guy Dylan and yeah. one of the things that we was talking about too is like he was like oh do you have any other guys in mind in terms of uh who it might we should be looking at or whatever and I was like we was going down the list and I was like Shay y'all y'all talk to Shay he was like, nah, dog, we didn't know that Shay wanted to play football. I'm like, ain't no way, bro. Y'all <laughs> ain't contacted that boy Shay, bro. It's like, bro, what we from our intel, we he's like uh focused on basketball, yada yada. So I remember hitting Shay up, bro. This true story, man. Hitting yeah. Shay up. He it's was crazy. at I'm like, I think he was at Mo West. He was on a visit at, at, yeah, Mo at Mo West. Yeah, he was a visit on Mo West. I'm like, bro, like. <clears throat> what's going on like what's your i trying to pick your brain on it he was like bro they ain't really talk to me this and third I'm actually on a visit to my west I talked to coach Mac. I'm like bro get him down here right now and if I'm not mistaken bro I don't want to put I don't know if I'm a little fuzzy on the story or not but I think you the next day you had a visit with coach and you told him I ain't coming here went down to UCM had a convo with them and committed bro was is that how that yeah. went
0: yeah bro so that time that you called me we were at the banquet or whatever and like the head coach was talking or whatever and uh yeah you sparked my interest from from the start and um it wasn't that mo west wasn't giving me everything that uh they already had or that i needed uh it's a great program obviously i just felt as as though the coaches they weren't really um as hands-on as who they were you know at ucm at the time and so yeah, dude, no, it's for real, bro. Like, on Sunday, I walked into the head coach's office at Mo West. He sat me down. He straight up told me, he said, like, you're our top recruit on this visit, so, like, we're going to need an answer from you, like, if you're going to take this scholarship or not. It was a good scholarship for sure. Like, I'm looking at the money. Me and my mom are like, yeah, this is this is good. Like, this would definitely give me a, a degree for a good price. But um, something didn't sit right. And uh, at that time, I just straight up told him, I was like, I'm not coming here. And I didn't give him an explanation. I just told him, I'm not coming here. Thank you for the opportunity. And then me and my mom left. And, uh, yeah, just just exactly how you told it. It was me my mom, Coach Mac, and uh, Coach Bota. I'll never forget the day it was storming. Um, <laughs> we came in. Nobody was there. I actually met with uh, Kyle Eccles, if y'all remember him. Yep, K-State uh, yep, fighters. Yep, yep. So we went there. <clears throat> we went there, they showed me around, and uh, I think, I think what really got me to commit was when Coach Mack was giving me the spill about their offense, how they Mm -hmm. pass it a lot, how they're, um, you know, a high-powered offense and whatnot. It was pretty much a no-brainer, you know what I'm saying? Like, once, once I got my offer sheet, and uh, yeah, the rest is history, bro, but like, that whole instance would have never happened without Q.J. Four. like, the, I have no idea. I'd, I'd probably be at Wayne State playing ball right now, or I would have Dang. been. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. I'm going
1: to have royalty checks on you. No, I'm just playing. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> but I'll let you go ahead and answer. I know you had a question for him as well.
2: Yeah. So, uh, you know, say so, so, you know, you're doing three years at UCM, you know, having a breakout year as a sophomore and then following up a year. You're an AP second team All-American. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, COVID nineteen hits the you know hits the world, you decide what's best for you. Uh well what's best for your legacy and you move up to the ranks of D one ball in Tulane. Um tell us how that process went. Um, how'd you decide on Tulane? How'd you decide on leaving? Um mm-hmm. and go through all that.
0: Yeah, man, I think it's uh it's very evident that our parents instilled us to get our education first, right? Right. And so th- that was always in the back of my mind. Um you know, i'm gonna try and squeeze out as much education as i can in my scholarship and my um eligibility and so i was fortunate enough to you know like you said have that good season in 2019 and um at that time well covid came 2020 so at that time i i was really really close to finishing my psych degree and mm-hmm. so i was you know doing doing the numbers all by myself um i didn't really have anybody to talk to about this because the transfer portal it's kind of a hit or miss you know so i didn't really know who to talk to 100%. in that so i actually i remember i actually talked to uh tay the d lineman that went to ucm um yeah. and then i talked to nino because they had been in the transfer portal for yeah. a minute too yeah. mm-hmm. and so um as i was talking to them um you know i don't want to say they were pumping my head but they were giving me guidance on what you should do how you should do it when you should do it and um it, it was a it was a well thought out idea. It wasn't I wasn't leaving UCN because I thought it was a trash program like I hell we just came off of a co co yeah. uh, conference championship, championship you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And uh we we had a good enough team I, I believe in 2020 that we could have repeated or at least got close to it. And so that that decision for me to transfer, for me to go into the transfer portal, it was more so uh one, because I wanted to excel my, edu- my education. Um, like I had mentioned, I knew that I was gonna be able to graduate in the spring of uh, 2020. Right. And while I knew that, I also knew that I had two years of eligibility. So I had to contemplate thinking whether whether I could just be done with football, go into the league or go for my masters. And right. so at, at the time I was thinking know i've always wanted to get my my masters in business i always wanted to go into business and so um obviously through a lot of prayer a lot of uh guidance Mm -hmm. with my family and whatnot um i decided to test it out and the way that i did it was strategic the most strategic way that you could ever do it so if you know anything about d2 and their scholarships they sign it by year Mm -hmm. so when you sign it so when you sign it no matter how much it is they they have to honor it through the year unless something else voids it. Like if you get in trouble or something, so me, me being me, I'm a planner. I like to plan ahead and whatnot. So uh, I might get in trouble for this later, but I don't care. But anyways, uh, (laughs) he's no longer a state athlete. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say the fall. So the fall semester ended and mind you, we didn't have a season COVID. We were just practicing and stuff. So in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, okay, we just ended. We didn't have a season. I'm healthy. Um, I have I have like twelve credits left for me to get my degree,
2: and on top
0: of that, I know that I have two years of eligibility left. Right. so throughout the whole the whole Christmas break, the whole Christmas break, I'm not kidding. I sent over probably over a hundred and thirty emails to different e-mail, coaches yep. all film, yeah whole film. film I literally yep. just drafted an email. That just copy said, paste hey, <laughs> yeah, copy paste change the coach's ability, name change the coach's like, name listed listed my uh yeah. accolades it's- and all that just wishing for a chance and at that time mm-hmm. that was when i got twitter back i was y'all y'all know i wasn't big on social media at all so i just at got twitter just just he so i can mis-
2: he was mr yeah, no social media <laughs> yeah just
0: just so i can interact with the coaches easier right and so uh the transfer portal let me tell you it's 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 something else, man, because so let me go back let me let me slow down real quick. It was strategic why I did it, because the first day we got back on campus, Mm -hmm. that's when I entered the portal. So I knew that I was going to get my money. I knew I was going to get paid the whole semester. I knew that I was going to be able to finish my classes. So I was in a I was in a very good spot. Not a a lot of people that enter the transfer portal can do that. So, yeah, it must have been. I don't know when we got back to class. It was like January I don't know 15th or something that yeah. same day i went to go meet with kathy well, i went to go meet with boda coach boda first told him told him the details he was obviously hot um and then uh yeah i gotta keep that in mind keep that in mind because yeah, he, yeah he he was hot man he was hot went to go talk to kathy she gave me the letter um or emailed me the letter for the transfer portal whatever and literally within Thirty minutes. I pulled in my first offer from South Dakota State, um, and then they just kept piling on. And uh, the biggest thing for me, I didn't want to go somewhere and just be another body.
2: Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to go somewhere That's not true. only
0: not only where I could have the level of education that I wanted to, but also contribute to a team that I think that is you know of, of a championship caliber. So uh, Tulane came on late, actually. Um, but it's, the story doesn't end here, man. It's, it's crazy how that, that even came about. I had sent uh, Coach Fritz's son, because he's the NFL liaison. So like he interacts with the NFL scouts, and he also um, checks out the transfer portal. So he just right. came across my film. He liked it. Send me a DM. Just asking me for my number, and that's literally how it kicked off. And then from there, um, I remember I talked to Coach Fritz on the phone and it, it just gets crazier from here, bro. Like I remember he's telling me about, oh, does Warrensburg still have the county kitchen or the country kitchen? Yeah, he's mentioning all these uh, restaurants and stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> like how, how do you know Warrensburg? Like, have you know religion, is there? He's like, I used to coach this. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah. So it was 10 years prior, him and his staff, they coached. They coached at UCM before he, uh, I think he took a gig at Georgia Southern. And uh, from there, once they offered me, it was more so finding a program that um, I wanted to go into. So I could have, I, I don't know if I'll regret this later later on, but I could have went into the psychology master's program. But I was also interested in chemistry. I got my minor in chemistry. So I wanted to find something that would um, you know, connect chemistry and psychology in a way that I would never get bored of it. And right. so that's how industrial hygiene came about um they had a really good program um so I'd, I'd work either directly with osha um or with other partners that'd be like the middleman that would make sure that you know safety precautions are being met um, ppe which is personal protective equipment is being delivered to people so i found that very interesting because it's not only that you have to build um connections with the people that you're talking to or that you're working with but you also have to uh, monitor the 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 air samples, the the mm-hmm. stuff that they're using and all that type of stuff. So I found it very interesting. And then, you know, like I said, once they offered me, it was more so, um, like, like I, I didn't gut. want to play the,
2: yeah, I didn't did want to play you, the, the waiting like game. Gut, yeah. also, did you have like a gut feeling? Yeah. Did yeah. you take a visit? You take a visit? Like you took a visit? You kind of knew? Or so did I, you know did, no visit? I took a,
0: I took a visit after I committed and I'm going to okay. tell you why uh-huh. I did that. So when they had offered me, I told them, which, anybody should say this i told them i don't want to commit right now i want to you know weigh my options think about it because sure. at that time i think right. i had i had fau colorado state uh stony brook and some other small schools or whatever so i wanted to weigh my options just, stony brooks up yeah yeah so um so i was weighing my options because i knew i'd only be able to take one visit um because of the covid restrictions
1: oh and so okay. yep
0: Out of all the coaches that offered me and talked to me, uh, Coach Fritz and his longtime friend, Coach Conway, um, that was my receivers coach. uh, They would always hit me up, bro, just out of the blue, just text me, how are you? How are classes coming along? And, like, it was genuine love. And so uh, the first time that I met them, it wasn't weird at all. It was more like, let's get ready to work. Like, where's my playbook? You know. So it it was more of a gut feeling, but it was also, I feel like, my intuition was also saying, like, hey, you should, you know, pay them more attention than these other schools that are, um, you know, not giving you the same amount of uh, effort. And, and that's just-
1: the same thing, too, with, like, just, like, knowing with, with Coach Fritz and what he built down, you know, in the D2 ranks and then was able to kind of elevate and do what he did at Tulane. Kind of I want to shift the gears to going to Tulane, right? We we get there, right? And that first year is a little bit rocky, right? We going through some ups and downs, how to – uh, pretty, pretty tough season, I want to say 2021 season. And then 2022 comes, right, and you, y'all you have a breakout year, right? So, um, mm-hmm. And in that breakout year, on the a, on a conversation, the connection with UCM, Coach Boda, our head coach, goes down there and becomes OC, and then our quarterback coach, Coach Max at UCM, goes down to mm-hmm. uh, Tulane with you guys, and you guys have one incredible year that culminates to y'all being able to play um usc in in the cotton bowl and me and andrew actually had the the chance to go down there man what a wow bro just a wild yeah. atmosphere wild game to I even mean, just be there bro like
0: just heisman take winner. Us
1: into the yeah heisman, win. heisman caleb, winner
2: too you're seeing the heisman winner play caleb yeah what caleb
1: yeah. yeah caleb williams coming right off the heisman like yep. it was such an instant classic game so i want you to t- tell our our viewers and our listeners Take us into that moment, what it felt like to be out there against such a legendary program, and, of course, what went into that final drive and that feeling of uh, of beating USC. Yeah,
0: yeah man. I think uh, the first thing is just being grateful, man, like just being able to share the field with um, such high-profile athletes. Um, so that's the first thing. And then, you know, obviously not every kid can say that they played uh, in an NFL stadium, you know, we got hosted, we got to practice there. Well, not um, just any
2: NFL stadium, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. yeah AT&T, Jerry's, Jerry's world. world man. Man. Jerry's yeah. world. So it, it was nuts, man. Like, we were there for a week and some change. And, um, you know, the, just the whole experience, man. Like, it's something that I'll always forget or not forget, always uh, remember. And so, you know, just playing against them, nothing changed schematically. Um you know, we we tried to operate everything that we did, you know, prior to playing them. And, uh, you know, it was obviously a shift of athleticism from what we've seen. Because um, mm-hmm. they have, I think it's just nature bro. they have better athletes than a school in NOLA named Tulane. I didn't even know who Tulane was until they offered me. And so right. it's, just, it's only natural that, you know, a big name school like USC, um, they get that type of level of recruits. And so being on the field with them, it was... Uh, it was surreal at first, but at the same time, it was more so uh, still football. So, like, right. no matter who's in front of you, uh, the yep. X's and O's, the X's and O's, they're going to do what they got to do. And so just pulling away with that win, I'll tell you what, it was nuts, man. Like, that that yeah. drive, I'll tell you what, it was when – The drive. So, the drive. Yeah, the drive. The drive. Uh, so when we got the safety – um. And you know, you know Coach Mac, he's already drawn up stuff. Yeah, and, and you know I me, know. and you know you know me, like I know the offense, and I'm seeing the stuff that he's drawing up, and I'm like, Oh yeah, I was like, Yeah, we finna score easily because I knew I knew what we had on the board, I knew um what was working against them. So we'd actually mm-hmm. ran uh, Zygo. We ran Whoa, Zygo. Oh, yeah, so yes. you, that was in the yeah, play like at UCL, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you, you know the plant on the back side, right? Can you yeah, explain so, what a plan is for our viewers? Yeah, so it's, don't know it it's just a... Uh, it's a bang route, pretty much. It's a five-step um, like post, pretty post, much yeah. on the backside of a, a curl concept. And so what we had figured out with them was is that whenever we got by three by one, or if mm-hmm. we were condensed to the field, they would uh, they would press bail on the boundary or not yeah, in the boundary. So that yeah. would leave mm-hmm. the plant open, you know. Yep. Right. And so I'm seeing them drop zygo, I'm seeing them drop like seams and stuff. And i'm like damn like we we really might have a shot here you know and and that's when uh so we got the safety he muffed the kickoff return i do yep mm-hmm. and uh after no that was that was after that was, that was after no that was before that, that was that was before the safety so then once we that's, got that's the how safety, you got the safety the safety yeah. 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 yeah 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 that's how we got the safety so then after that it was more so like what can our defense do to help us out after that so like once we got the ball um you know, our only our only thing was score. You know, we were only one score away. And, um, you know, like all the jitters, all the nervousness, it went out the window. Um, I don't know if that's just from me playing in many games or if it was just being in that moment. And so the play calling, it was just – it was straightforward. Like we didn't take any chances of – Michael. I think Michael got sacked once, I believe. But uh, it, it's actually funny. It's funny as hell that this happened because – when we played OU in 2021, I kind of wanted to hit on this. Um, the same scenario. It's crazy, brother. The same scenario happened. I was, it was four. I was watching
2: that game. Yeah, it yeah. was
0: about fourth and eight, I think. And Michael took off. And we needed to get the first down to, you know, complete it. And if we would have got the first down, we definitely would have beat them, I think. But Mike was, I think he was he was off by like a half a yard or something. It was bro. like a so yard close. short. Yeah, he yeah. was a yard huh. short literally the same scenario same same everything Michael takes off fourth down but this time he gets the first down he gets the first down and I think everybody on the field knew at that moment like oh yeah we got it in the bag because last year when we got to this point we couldn't get it we couldn't get that yard but this year we got two plus three yards you know what I'm saying so uh, once Alex caught that ball though it was just kind of like please just make the field goal. <laughs> make, make yeah, I no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you watch the home. field goal? Yeah, did, did, did you watch it? You I, I, don't, I don't think I did. I don't think I watched <laughs> it. I, I, was, bro, I was seriously afraid that it would either get blocked or he'd miss it, but my boy Val, he, he's Italian. He likes to do this. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. shout yeah. out to that boy Val, yeah. man. Yeah, Val, Val hit that, and uh, yeah, was, the rest is history, man. But I'll never forget that game, bro, just because of the – you know the stature of USC. I mean, shoot, Reggie Bush went there, bro. Like, man. you know what I mean? Like, he put on the same the same uniform, went to the same university, shoot. and shoot, even um, some NFL
2: Hall of Famers. You know,
0: yeah, man, so, yeah, man. but
1: so many, so many. It, so many it was
0: definitely, players. it was definitely a team effort, man. Like, Top definitely had a showing. He he definitely man. went off. Yeah, he he went yeah. crazy. We Dudes, talked about him on a pot
1: on a pot. went man.
0: crazy. Keys went crazy. Um, you know, it was all collective efforts that got us that dub man it wasn't um you know people on the sideline like feed me the ball feed me the ball and that's what made our team so special in 22 was the fact that we were all selfless Mm -hmm. um you know every individual we knew that our time was coming like deuce for example i'll never forget this we're sitting on the sideline that usc game before he ripped off one of those big runs and uh i don't think he had much production neither of us did and uh, something that we'd always do, like, we'd sit next to each other, just talk about the game, like, what we're seeing, coverages, what the DBs right. are doing. And I remember yeah. we're sitting there talking, and I was just telling him, I was like, dude, so I was like, just stay locked in. And he was like, yeah, brother, I know. And I was like, yeah, your time is coming. Like, it's coming. Just be just be prepared for it. And sure enough, like, the next time we went out there, he rips off that, that run, and that got us pretty much back in the game. So and that wasn't the first time that happened. I think uh, the Cincy game was really the staple point of when – uh, we started yeah, was, to pull yeah. together, understanding that, you know, we might run it 30, 40 times a game, but that one pass, that one pass could be the change of the, the outcome of the game. So it was special, man. It was it was very special year, though. And
2: and that kind of works out in your favor. You know, me playing as a defensive back, you get tired of, you know, dude running a streak, just a fake streak or, you know, running a fake route and you're like, are they ever going to throw the ball? They throw the ball at one time. That's the one time you're not ready.
0: So it yep. Yep.
2: happens all the time. But yep. going off that, uh, you know, Shay, it was a great way to end the, you know, end the season. Great way to end your your two lane run. Let's talk about, uh, you know, you you go into, uh, you know, rookie mini camp with the San Francisco 49ers. Um, yep,
0: you're
2: in the locker room with a bunch of stars, though. Chris McCaffrey, George Kittle, Debo, Trent Williams. I mean, I keep could, could naming them. They got a ton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um How's that? You know, how's it feel? How's it? How's the experience to see some of those best players in the world? Some of the guys you watched on Sunday and you know can you take anything from them are they you know cool people is, is the football mm-hmm. that much different
0: yeah so I'll, I'll start off with talking about the the players that i met and um they're ordinary people just like you and me um the only difference is they spend all their money on recovering <laughs> <laughs> obviously on other things but most of it's on recovering but uh no bro every every player that i met at that organization um shout out to John Lynch and uh, coach Shanahan for even giving me the opportunity, but um, yeah, everybody's everybody in there is high character. Um, they have a motor and they're just willing to, you know, put their body out there and just sacrifice it. And uh, you know, watching them day to day, cause I'm very observant. I don't like to speak a lot. i just, I like to peep stuff. And it just seemed like everybody had something to do. And that's the difference with uh, college sports in the NFL and um, college they'll tell you when you have treatments and they'll damn near force yep. you to go to treatments. They'll tell right. you when you have these meetings. They'll tell you that you have to be here and there. A set schedule. Yep. Excuse me, yeah, it's a set schedule. Whereas in the league, you kind of have a set schedule, but when you have when you have off time, right? So hmm. I'll give you a rundown. Like we would we'd get up in the morning, we'd lift at eight, and then after that we would meet and then we'd meet some more or whatever. And we'd have about like an hour, two hours in between our practice and more meetings, right? So in between that hour and two hours or whatever, you have to figure out your own uh, schedule, your own routine. And so what I had peeped, you know, some guys would get in the hot tub, some guys would go to the sauna, some guys would go lay down. Some people would, um, you know, they'd go get a massage or whatever. So it was very interesting to see, you know, how um, different people worked. I was very fortunate to be pretty close with Willie Sneed. Um, he played for Baltimore. You, you should know mm-hmm. him. Uh, he's also a saint. yeah, he was also a saint. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So he was, um, for my time there, he was probably the best influence that I had for sure, because he was undrafted too. He, uh, he didn't come in with much. Um, we were kind of in a similar position. He was having a baby when he got signed and the same thing. So I would ask him questions every day. Like, Willie, what are you doing here? How do you run this route? What do you see in this coverage? And, um, you know, I'll never forget it. I remember it was our, I want to say it was our first practice. No, it was our second practice. And uh, Willie came up to me and he's like, don't be scared. And like, you know, he's just talking to me. He's like, don't be scared, just make mistakes. Like that's kind of what they're looking for. They want you to make mistakes, but you have to go full speed. It's not, you know, you make a mistake and then you're thinking about it. You have to be able to uh, make those mistakes while going full speed and just continue on to the next play. So the whole organization, great people. Um, in terms of the football, like the X's and O's, mm-hmm. comp- I don't want to say it's completely different from a uh, college ball, but it's way more in depth. It's mm-hmm. way more, uh, focused. It's way more, uh, minute, bro. Like every, every single detail has to be hit. So like, Coach Shanahan's, yeah, coach Shanahan's offense, he's, he's so big on landmarks. <clears throat> and what I mean by landmark, it's not when when you get lined up you're on the numbers or you're on the ticks or whatever it's more so when you're running the route like Mm
2: -hmm. we would
0: run we like our digs they don't call digs digs they uh they call them dovers matter Mm. of fact they call they call digs the digs that they call digs are curls i i've never understood it never understood it it was confusing (laughs) but anyway so like the dovers like the landmarks like, you have to hit a certain landmark to run it. Like, if you run it too short, the timing's going to be off. If you run it too deep, the timing's going to be off. So, um, that was a big adjustment. Um, but the playbook, I wouldn't – I was very fortunate. Jordan knows probably better than Andrew. But, like, the West Coast offense, used a lot of words, right? Yeah, tagging um, every route, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, you'll do – it's like a basic call. You'll have, like, the formation. You'll have the motion. Um, you'll have the protection and then you'll have like the player or whatever. And so going there, um, it was fairly easy for me to understand like the, where the formation was, what the motion was. Cause I was already, I was already uh, cued into all that. Like we ran that at UCM. We ran it at Tulane. Tulane. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the hardest part for me, believe it or not, was uh, everything's called in the huddle. So they're reading these plays that they're run-on sentences, bro. Like yeah. literally, they're, and they're and they're not <laughs> yeah. they're not just slowing down while they're running them it, while they're saying them. They're it's saying fast. it fast. It's, yes, yeah, they're saying it fast. And like, if you haven't and if you haven't heard anything or if you haven't ran a certain play, it's gonna catch you a little bit. Where you're gonna be like, oh shit, like what's Adam on or whatever. But right. it was very cool. Um, Another cool thing about their offense, which. Andrew, I think you're gonna find this very helpful if you go into coaching. But the way how they ran it, so you know how I mentioned, um, you know they'll they'll say the formation, they'll say the, the motion, whatever. So that's normal. That's how usually every offense is. But to help the QB out, they'll say the first read and then the second. So say oh. say if we have yeah. So say if we have Zygo. So they'll say Zygo first. And then on the backside, if you just said, like, a shake route or whatever, X shake. So what they'll do is they'll say it in the huddle. And whatever concept comes up first, that's where the QB is looking first. So that's where he can make his checks. And then on the backside, obviously, is whatever routes. I thought that was super yeah. cool. Thought that was super cool. Instead of, instead of the QB calling the play, and now he's having to look, um, like, where the defense is at, how he yeah, has pre-snap. to check the line or whatever. Yeah, pre snap reads and yeah. stuff like that. Nah, they completely yeah, they completely took that out of their offense. So the offense works or the offensive line completely works different than the QB. So the Q B can he can make adjustments, but nine times out of ten when the QB comes up to the line, the O linemens are already calling their shots. They're they're mm-hmm. calling it so the Q B doesn't have to worry about that. Absolutely so I, thought that was, I thought that was very interesting.
1: They got a lot of in depth things going on like and kind of what, when y'all was, when we was talking about like the, the long, like run on sentences, one of the things that came to mind for me, and as we transition to the, to the back half of, of this interview, one of the things that came to mind though, for me was that, uh, that John Gruden, uh, video, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, it's like <laughs> the spider
2: wire, it's the spider wire bananas, the other one.
0: It's,
1: yeah. Yeah. And that I'm one, like, yeah. bro, when he was yeah. like, the QB was messing it up, bro. And he yeah, could yeah, not yeah. get it right yeah that's what came to mind bro because i swear to god when i got to ucm bro like obviously i wasn't even playing because i was hurt first and foremost so i'm like oh i could be chilling bro like and you know say what i ran i ran or you know too andrew i was under center bro i was running pro-i in high school
2: total total (laughs) opposite of what you should be running to be honest yeah yeah, bro
1: for real so like when i got when i got there bro like i'm looking at the words and i'm like Hey man, dog, hey, this is a little bit too much for me, dog. Like and, <laughs> bro, what what is Coach T- Mac talking about? But like you said, like I understood how much, like, even when I transitioned on the Quincy, it made a lot much easier because i wasn't used to how much verbiage that was um mm-hmm. at that time. But I do want to transition to, as we, you know, we move into the to the back half, just for the the sake of time, wanna get this real, real quick, wanna ask y'all best memory or most memorable moment from playing our playing days at UCM. I'm gonna go with you,
2: Andrew. First, um, I I don't really have one. If I already said one earlier that was Shea dropping the, the hitch. That was just funny because I was at the game <laughs> and <laughs> Boda basically just collapsed because was the yeah, field, but, uh, on the field, oh, bro, on the field. But other than that one, other than that one, uh, basically just any moment that whole time we were our red shirt lifting. Yeah, with, yes, all, for uh, sure. with the old theater. For sure. I mean, and I ain't not you oh. know like. I know, like, going through it, it was bad, but I'm 100% glad we did that, because I think it made everybody, like, I made mean, most of us closer. I mean, I really moved my mattress into y'all, into y'all room. <laughs> yeah, because you
0: wouldn't get up. Because I, I couldn't <laughs> get up.
2: So, <laughs> so, so it, yeah. like, you know, it, it just, you know, made us tighter, and, like, just doing all the BS there, and before we'd even go, like, mm-hmm. I used to sleep eight hours before. It didn't matter if I slept eight hours or three hours. I was going to be tired regardless, so fact i don't know just doing that and doing all those bs like almost military army type challenges with all my yeah. <laughs> guys who i still talk to now is and we were both fun yeah flow you can talk about that flow yeah, man we were oh <laughs> uh,
1: yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna get into the uh we did that ain't my most memorable but we'll uh maybe i, I can add this actually bj we gonna add that into bro, I'm gonna send you the the, the, the videos and the what's the name of us ball, bro. You gotta see that and they definitely gotta put this in the interview, bro. So my guy well he'll put in that he'll put that in.
0: You're probably wondering why there's no sound at this portion of the video. Well that's cause there's other videos going on. And there's no point of putting them in on sound. So it sounds like you should also go over to YouTube and check us out on YouTube. And while you're there, might as well subscribe, like, and yeah. Turn the notice on. Why not? Yeah, this man yep. had a beanie on, bro, the whole fall. It's it was August. It was the summer.
2: It, it, was was yeah, it was August. Yeah, bro. <laughs> bro. Why is he wearing a beanie? Man,
0: I looked like I was 40, so. That, yeah. Uh,
2: so what
1: about you, Say, your most memorable moment? Oh, man.
0: You brought up a good one with the uh, the freshman lifts. I'll never forget that uh, that carry, Andrew, where you know what I'm talking about. You know exactly what I'm talking about. When yes, y'all crawling? Bro, on the stomach. I don't, I don't <laughs> think... <laughs> get, I think I think me and Andrew grew a little closer that day. Y'all was sweating on each other. So that bro, one. bro, listen, listen, I was so mad at him, bro. He I was, was so oh, mad at him, me? bro. <laughs> and like, and like I think the consequence was if you let go, you had to restart. And so like I wasn't we wasn't going for that, bro. But uh now those were fun. I'd say uh as much as much as I hated it at the time, I think when we got caught uh skipping reps. We went oh. on the field and did the workout. But the highlight, the highlight of that of that uh, event was when we were doing the wheelbarrow carries, and you had to, to, to stop. Ha- yeah, you had to carry hail. But I busted oh. out laughing. bro. I was, bro, crying, bro, I was hot. But I for, was hot when I say, for, bro. Hold on for references.
2: Hail, hail was heavier. He was an old lineman Wait. before like, he, yeah. he, was yeah, he, he like what he, he is like like now. He was yeah, he don't look like what hail he look. like. He don't look like what hell is. This was a yeah, his yeah. hammock. Like this is a yeah. hand, like hell ham. Like this is a big
1: dude. And and like with the world carries too, like with that, that ain't my mo- my most memorable, but just to touch on that real quickly, like obviously we were both hurt, so that's the reason we got paired up together. Now, mind you, there's like a <laughs> hundred there has to be like a hundred and twenty pound yeah. difference between me and him, at least a hundred. Oh. Like, so like. Like, and you remember that Wilbur, like the Wilbur carries for the guys, like we holding them up, right? And they're crawling on their hands for the people that don't know what that is. But like, his, the thing was, we were doing it one by one. Like we weren't continuing. So it was like yep. one stop, <laughs> two stop. I'm like, bro, I'm holding up 300 pounds, bro.
2: Like this is like,
1: and I was like, hold him up. I'm like, what you think bro, I'm trying to do, bro? Yeah. Like this again, heavy.
2: And again, Jordan shows his emotions. And he yeah, I was hot. I was hot. He I was was hot. But, hey, come on.
0: Oh. Honorable mention, Kareem. I ain't gonna, oh, go yeah, we're
1: not going into that story, but that is a hilarious story. Hey, maybe if y'all subscribe to the uh, oh man, man, boy. To the, man in the podcast Patreon, bro, because we're gonna keep this PG 13. But uh, if y'all subscribe to that, bro, we, we'll put that on there. But I'll go with my most memorable moment before we transition into um, closing out a little bit. My most memorable, yeah. I got two really, really quick ones. One, my best memory was. Um, obviously, I brought up a lot of good things, like going up to Ferris State was a really good memory. But my best memory was just how hype we were with that cam catch against Carney. Like that was oh, just yeah. Yeah. yeah against Carney. Like that was just a surreal moment, bro. To like see I, I, we we really didn't think we was gonna win. I think we clinched share at least share a conference that game mm-hmm. too. My worst memory, which I had a lot of bad memories that you see, but we're like, not gonna get into that. Uh my worst memory for football related things <laughs> is, is gotta be the wave of emotions Northwest Missouri State our freshman uh, year. Almost your
2: forearm. When
1: I got oh yeah, that that one sucked yeah. too. But bro, like that that when we played Northwest at the uh Chiefs State at Arrowhead, bro, Arrowhead. like we were literally so hyped, bro. Like we literally thought we had the game one. We had the drop. Yeah, we, we had the, had the, the drop. <laughs> Caden caught that ball in
2: the end zone and cover zero. Well, he just went cover zero instead of running cover four. and <clears throat> We all know what happened there. So. Man,
1: now and it was wraps. And what's so even ironic about that, just to make a 402 connection, is uh Zach Martin, the quarterback for Northwest, he went to Omaha North. He actually from mm-hmm. Omaha too. So but I want to yep. shift into like we got a couple more questions and we'll get you out here. Um, so I'll be a little bit remiss uh to not mention the one element of your life that's seemingly the most important, which is your family, right? The one that you're creating. In the one that you're coming from, so Stitch from Minot, Not South Dakota, right? Stitch. Little Bill. Yeah. What are you talking you, about? You, I mean, nah. why not North Dakota? My fault. Yeah, not even. Yeah, yeah Minot, not yeah. North yeah. Dakota. Stitch yeah. from Minot, not North Dakota. Yeah, people don't know. They might know, they might know say why, but I know Stitch. I know Little Bill. And you know what I know too? <laughs> I know. That you wasn't trying to get sent to little BTC. Yeah. I do my research. I Who do my research, brother. I do my research, brother. Yeah, I man. do my research. But I'm
0: traumatized yeah. by that.
1: BTC is what is it? Bad Tyler Camp?
0: Yep. Yeah, Bad Tyler man. Camp, bro. But
1: yeah. yeah. But uh in all seriousness, though, in terms of your family structure, the one that you're creating, the one that you come from how are they able to what role do they play and how are they able to keep out in such a transitional
0: moment in your life right now oh bro it's so important um i i i want to say it starts off with my grandpa um so when i was younger as a toddler (laughs) getting harassed by btc uh (laughs) nah he he was always there man He he was a role model for me and uh like i remember You know, there'd be days I wouldn't see my mom because she's working two jobs or whatever. She wouldn't get in until late. St. is doing her own thing. She's about to go off to college. So it would just be me and my grandpa. And uh, he he really showed me what genuine love was. And um, that carried on. Uh, A lot of people don't know this, but last season, the 22 season, he drove to every game. He's 80 years old and he drove to every single game. And so that that family component, I mean, it's always important, man. It's always important to realize who has your back, um, who's going to ride with you no matter what. And, uh, you know, heading into this next chapter, whatever it may be, um, God willing, I know that I have uh, a great support cast. I know I have uh, genuine love pouring in from all directions, man. And it's it's something that I wish everybody can experience. Um, I know there's less fortunate people out there that don't have that. But uh, it's something that I think as we become men, you know, this on this podcast, we have to model not only ourselves, but our families to not to be afraid to show love. I think right. um, in, in our society, it's, it's, uh, I don't want to say it's frowned upon, but it's looked a little bit different when a man is a little bit more intimate. Um, right. And, you know, I've been trying to, trying to do that a little bit more, um, just be more intimate with. Uh, not not only jazz, but with my family members as well, like my younger brothers, telling them that I love them, uh, my mom and dad, you know, my grandparents, my cousins, as much as I can, because you never know when your time is gonna come, and uh, you never wanna uh, have that regret. Um, I think you should always put your best foot forward, um, even in the times of darkness. I mean, I'm still learning to this day that uh, you know, even when you make a mistake, you have to learn to learn from that lesson, learn how to be better from it. And, uh, you know, especially, you know, me, I'm in a different class than you two. I have a little one that I'm going to be taking care of and that right. and everything that I do, he's going to want to try and model what I'm doing. So it's a little bit more amped up. But even for you, Jordan, you know, with your little nephews running around mm-hmm. and uh, you, too, Andrew, I know you got some little itty bitties around, too. I mean, yep. I think we all have to be a little bit more mindful of what we're putting out there, what we're saying, what we wear, um, what we say. And uh you know, at the end of the day, I think you should always check in with your people. I mean, we we check in pretty frequently with our group chat and whatnot, but an honest check-in where it's, you know, hey, bro, like, how's your mental? How you doing? Like, really get mm-hmm. to the nitty-gritty and have those tough conversations. So having that family, having those people that um, you can have those conversations with, it's everything, man, because this world can get lonely. It's big and a cold place, man. It's very cold. So if you can have people that can at least warm it a little bit, Um, you know, the, the chances that you see in the next day are very, very, um, in your favor, you know?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Any final questions from you, uh, before I get into my little, uh, ending segment from, uh, you, Andrew? Uh, no, no, I'm good. All good. Well, Shay is a part of, uh, if, if you know Shay, he's very anti-spotlight, um but uh you don't get a choice in this bro because this is my platform sorry (laughs) um you are part of the the first segment of the the jordan flowers segment where i give our guests their flowers bro um like you were saying like going in to go ahead to check on your homies or going to check on your friends is really really important something that we should be doing but what also we should be doing as men is letting our, our brothers know as much as we can how much either we care about them how much we love them how much we notice how well they are doing so i want you to know from your perspective bro not even just the football our name when we started this episode right i named all the accolades right cotton bowl uh all american you ruined my senior night for football i'm never going to forgive you for that uh <laughs> you, you have so many accolades in terms of the football but the people your legacy will be way bigger than that bro just the person that you are um the things that you're able to speak life um i know for andrew and for me personally bro you know we've had that conversation in the past i told you bro i credit you for saving my life at the worst possible moments i was you was able to kind of dig me from that so i appreciate you that for for doing that so i want you to know that don't ever dim your light brother and um i want you to know that as brothers we should give uh flowers more often bro because we all kind of leave this earth and we get our flowers last, right? We do a lot for everybody Mm. else, but when when we check out, everybody's so loved. So I hope as collectively as friends, we could just, hey, bro, I appreciate you. I see what you're doing, bro. Keep going, bro. I know it could be hard, bro. I got your back in some type of way. So you've always been that friend for all of us, bro. And I want you to know that we we noticed that. So uh, to wrap up this, bro, this is the final question. You know, this is season of separation, right? I'm actually reading a book by Malcolm Mm. Gladwell called um, The Outliers, right? The story of success so that kind of gave me the motivation for season of separation and i was thinking about who are these people that i want and separating in different categories so as you know like i said you're the first interview so separation is a part of being able to elevate yourself into another sphere right whether that's the nfl um rookie minicamp whether that's elevating into fatherhood as you were speaking to whether that's elevating as an individual you know doing the internal work so in terms of elevating from your peers right where you are today how and in what ways did you go about separating yourself to elevate yourself to new heights and away from the competition?
0: Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I think y'all know it best, man. It's just being disciplined. Um, you know, even as a freshman, um, you know, I had good times. I'd go out, but yeah. Even then, I was I was more focused on what I had at home and what I didn't want to go back to. So, I was always thinking about um, you know, my mom's missed payments, um, how long she has to work. I have a little brother that I have to take care of, that we have to take care of. And so uh, that was my driving force. And so for me to, you know, take that extra step, it's just paying attention, just paying attention to the littlest things. Um, it doesn't have to be football, but whatever field you're in, ask questions. They're, they're not gonna expect you to know everything um, and just be humble. I think that's one thing a lot of people uh, don't look after It's just, you know, going there with an open mind be uh be yourself and be humble, man, because the the moment that you think that you have it all is the moment that everything yeah. is taken away from you that, Fact. That, that, that's been said in revelations for years and boy. if and if
2: I can say one more thing say add on to that, it's just be where your feet are at,
0: yeah you know, be where 100%. your feet are at you
2: know you know you might have done 100%. some stuff in the past, you might think of the future man, you ain't mm-hmm. gonna do what you need to do yeah. you're, where your feet are at in the present day yeah, and,
0: so. and that that piggybacks off of uh you know minding what your goals goals are. So, like, us three, we all have different platforms. We're all going different ways in life.
2: Right.
0: But at the same time, we're in our own lane. We're in a steady lane. Um, Like you say, Andrew, being where your feet is at and understanding that it's okay to be present. It's okay to not be happy where you're at, but also accepting the fact that you're at the place that you're supposed to be. You know what I mean? So, not getting caught up in – I was never caught up in stars or – those blogs that are saying like, Oh, he's this and that. Um, cause at the end of the day, bro, you have to show up. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that, that, that's all it is. Like you have to show up, whether it's a job, whether it's an interview, whether it's a game, uh, whatever it may be, bro. Like in order for you to get your name out there in order to, to make some sort of statement, um, you know, not to be cliche, cliche, but like, like Nike says, bro, you just have to do it. You just, do it. You just simply have to do it. And that's easier said than done. But, at the end of the day man you have to you gotta have that uh gotta have that dog in you you know what i'm saying like that 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 picture of the dog in the, uh, and the yeah. you really gotta have that dog in you but no and all in all serious though y'all y'all got it y'all know the recipe i've been we you know we've been shooting stuff for years bro on how to help yeah. each other you know what i mean so right it's it's not so that you know i have all these accolades just because i did it you know just because i put in the work no, it's it's questions, it's it's studying, it's it's literally the times that we had in the dorms where you know we shoot shooting dice or we, we playing we playing two K or, or we no, playing it. WWE You know what I'm saying? Like it played W W E or something like that. It's it's all those collective moments that um not only got us to where we're at now, but it'll also propel us forward.
1: Absolutely. And like you said, like it's a collective effort too, and I know one of the things about you is just just super selfless so you know you've been selfless with your time here and we want to thank you and show appreciation for both of you um andrew for cu- stepping in as guest host and then yep. for Shay being on the podcast um bro we we want you to know that we appreciate you for for being on our platform um like you said it's discipline over motivation it's the little things bro one foot in front of the other bro and one of the things that you know we've all had that conversation with one another it's just work bro it's just work yep. it's it's just it's you know so work, goes, yeah, bro. That's slow grind, bro. Yeah, you for already real. know, bro. That's for slow grind real, real. better than no grind. So, we want to thank you again, bro. This was a wonderful interview. Uh, make sure to subscribe, like, share, all that stuff for your favorite podcast. Um, and this is a uh,